All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A new and improved episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. Larry's back in the building. Yep. He's all hyped up. Tim's here. Hey. Give a shout out to Tim's mom, Deirdre. Just heard she's a big fan of the pod. She is. Big fan. Love you, mom. Very excited to have a new Wurzburger listening to the podcast. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. I love it. I don't think my mom listens to the podcast. No. Speaking of, how's she doing? Has she recovered yet from that... Uh... SMA no, West. no, she still is complaining about her back. Yeah, still. And that was at the when did we do that in December? That long ago? Eight months ago. Was it December? I don't know. I feel like it was. Yeah, she like really tweaked her back and she is not. She milks things. So I, 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 I think she's been milking it for months. But yeah, I just saw her last month. My back is still kind of tight. I'm just like, get. Get over it, Mom. I think she told me that when I met her in Chicago. Yeah, she like tells everybody that. John heard me when we went to Whistler. Yeah, he got Has paid. That aired yet? Yeah, I guess it aired this. I didn't. It aired yeah. this week. Yeah, this. I think Monday. Oh, that's so fun. But yeah. just in Canada. Just in Canada. Uh, so I didn't watch it. I didn't get to see it. Have you not seen the full episode yet? No, they sent me a few clips, but it wasn't edited, so it was just raw footage, and I just got bored. I was like, this is <laughs> this is super boring. Yeah. So. I don't know. Apparently, my brother texted me. Said it was really good. But well, congratulations. I don't. Uh, yeah. TV star. TV star. Whatever. Add it to the list. Another drop in the bucket of my fame. <laughs> Super famous, John Scott. Everybody. So how is everybody? Wow, everybody's doing really, really good. good. Larry's texting for some reason. I'm doing I'm doing work for the podcast right now, getting some preparation for some future conversations. So Tim's been all over me because this prospects camp's coming into town and he wants to interview prospects and I'm like, no one wants to interview an eighteen I want year old kid. One prospect. Kako. Yeah, Capo Kako. Kako Kako. <laughs> Taco Paco. <laughs> He's the second overall pick for the Rangers. They're coming in town. He's going to confirm to be there. Did you reach out to the Rangers PR guy? Who I did. I called him. No answer. I texted him. No answer. Ouch. Well, he's probably listening, right? Why don't you just talk to him here? Yeah, John, if you're listening, if you don't mind just responding to my text, love to get a I will reach show. out to him because I feel like... I dropped your name like the first thing, but I knew he's not going to respond to me. I will take care of it. This is how it works <laughs> at dropping the gloves. Tim tries, then I come in and just the closer. Yeah. Never send a kid to do a grown-ups job. Uh, you said it. You said it, Sonny. Not me. But anyway, so Tim's been hounding me about that. 
and I just I'm always, I just don't want to interview kids. So that's just where we're standing right now. We're at a stalemate. But the following week, the Red Wings come to town. Boom. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Wait, let me try that again. The following week, the Red Wings come to town. Oh, you got to hold it. There you go. Oh, and the one person I wanted to interview just Vanek? retired. Vanek? Oh, Cronwall. Cronwall. Yeah. Just retired. Yep. So I don't really want to interview any Red Wings anymore either. The only the only one I would love to hear from is Larkin. I don't think he's that exciting of an interview. I don't know. He could be cool. We'll get it out of him. He's not. You, you say that all the time, and they're always good. Interviews. Yeah, I know. This is Tim wants to interview everybody, and I have to like break it to him. I'm like, guys aren't exciting. Like, it'll just be a. So you ready for the season? Yeah, I'm gonna skate hard, and you know, hopefully we'll you know make the playoffs, <laughs> and we'll give it a hundred percent. That's all deep. we can ask. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, are you excited for Stevie Y? Let's do the interview. I'll be Dylan Larkin. You okay. be you be me. Uh, doing long off season. You guys didn't make the playoffs. What's going to change this year? How are you guys going to take it to the next level? Well, we got Stevie coming in, Mr. Eiserman. So he brings, um, obviously, championship pedigree. It's good to have him back in Detroit. And, you know, we've all had a really good off season. We're working really hard. And I think I think we'll see some we'll see some changes next year. How have the offseason workouts been going? They were really good. I've been working on my skating and my shooting. And so hopefully, uh, you know, that'll uh, I'll have some transition to the to the games and, you know, we, we can see better results. Ask a real tough one. So so Cronwall just retired. What uh, what are you guys losing there? Just not on the on the ice, but uh, off the ice as well, as far as leadership and how are you guys going to fill that role? It's he you know, you can't replace a Cronwall. Um, I think we're just going to have to do it by committee. <laughs> guys are going to have to step up. And I'm one of those guys now. I'm I'm getting older, so I think I'm just going to have to take a little bit more of a leadership role, as will the other young guys in the in the room. It's a tough guy. You can't replace a Nicholas Cronwall. Thanks, Dylan. Have fun out there. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. I'll text you later. Dylan Larkin, everybody. Boom. That will be the interview right there. It's a good episode. <laughs> yeah. Snooze alert. Right. So I. That's why I pick and choose the interviews. I don't want to just reach out to every Joe Blow. And have boring interviews on the show because most of them will be boring. Yeah, but bringing big names like that is going to help the show. Who cares? I'm more about quality. quality. Yeah, you're dying to get Nathan Gerby in here. It would be awesome. I like Nathan, but again, I just don't think it's going to. I don't know. You guys, you guys had some tough years in Buffalo. I'd love to hear about it. You should get. Let's get Vanek to call in. Why? What is your like infatuation with Thomas Vanek? You brought him up twice already. Yeah, because he, well, because we were hoping he would come to Detroit, but he's not on the team anymore. No, he's a yeah. good player. He's got to have some good stories. He probably does have some stories. So I that's kind of the him. point of interviews. I broke that news one year when he signed with Detroit too, because I was just finished playing with them, and someone in I was in Toronto for like the free agent frenzy, and Bob McKenzie's like, "Hey, do you know Thomas Vanek?" And I was like, "I do." He's like, "Can you text him see where he's signing?" I was like, "I can." And Thomas was like, I just signed with Detroit. I was like, yeah, broke, broke something. Nice. Yeah. Did Bob give you any credit? No. No, he didn't. He just <laughs> tweeted it out to his millions of followers. And That's I just funny. sat there in the back just waiting to go on. So speaking of uh, those guys, so Pierre Lebron tweeted out the other day that he spoke to Kyle Dubas, who is Toronto's GM, who's like 25 years old. Um, but he said, this is a quote from, from Dubas on the Marner situation, because we haven't talked about that in a little while, still – kind of the elephant in the room in Toronto, but he said it's not a real avenue we've even remotely explored, talking about uh, trading Marner. 
It's our, it's our full intention that he will be a uh, Maple Leaf for a very long time. That's everything we're working towards. What do you, do you believe him? No, like obviously they've explored trading him in their meetings. Like you have to explore every option. And he's you don't want to trade him, but if he sits out any longer, like you got to get something for him. I don't think they will trade them. Trade him, I think they'll eventually get him signed, but yeah, he just it's a typical Dylan Larkin answer. Just <laughs> nice and polite. Yeah. Uh yeah, we would never trade Mitch. He's a really important part of our team. We love him. We hope he's here forever. Blah. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Fake news. Fake. Now, I, I think Marner, gosh, this is the second year in a row for them with the Nylander and now Marner. I, like, I don't know what happened with hockey. When I was playing, no one ever held out. No one ever did this. And I don't know what caused this or what why it's happening so often but it just seems like every year there's three or four guys who hold out and young kids too it's great and i know it's because of the cba and this and that it just you never saw it it's so bizarre i know you were buddies with like a lot of the superstars like the Kane, thornton gabrick the guys they were like were making max pretty much did they ever talk about like the pressure that they felt not just to sign to get them to get their money but also because they're setting the standard for the rest of the contract the next year you know what i mean they compare apples to apples all the time. Yeah, you always want to set the bar because you, you want to help out the, the next guy. And I even looked at it with tough guys because yeah. you would you would wait and look around the league. You'd say, oh, okay, this this guy just signed for 900. Great. I am tougher and I'm better so I can get more than he is. So and that's how it works with the scores too. This, oh, well, uh, Marner's going to sign for $8 million or who uh, who's he, who do you compare to? Matthews. Matthews, Matthews sized yeah. for 10. I'm comparable to him. I want 10. Does it ever come to a point where, like, oh, I would have signed already, but the Players Association, like, doesn't want me to? No, 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 no. That, that never. If that, that That's extreme. collusion. That would be terrible if that ever happened. But yeah, you always want to get the most money just, just to help the next guy out. That's why this year I was surprised when every year the growth factor, you can increase the salary cap by 5%. And usually every year they say yes because you're helping out the guys who are free agents. There's a bigger pool of money to, you know, fish from. There's more money to spend. It helps out the guys who are free agents. This year, they did not elect to increase the growth factor 5% for some reason, which is crazy. And it kind of it stinks for the guys who are free agents because now that is five, however many million dollars extra it would have been. That's three, four million bucks you could have used to sign a player. And now that money's not there, so the GMs have to tighten their belts a little more and make decisions. And you're seeing it all around the league, guys – should be signed at this point, and they're not. There are so many good UFAs that aren't signed right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's, it's because the GMs don't have – I guarantee you there were five, six, seven GMs who were expecting to have that 70 – I think it's 73.9 million they would have had, but now they don't. And so they, they're handcuffed. They're like, okay, we're expecting to have three more million. Let's go sign you know, a mid-level guy. That, that money's gone now. Sorry. Yep. We can't sign you, mid-level guy. We have to sign a rookie who makes 800 grand. That's the thing that people don't really think about when it comes to like the risk that you take of like, you know, the contracts, hoping that the salary cap is going to go up next year, and most of the time it does. But when it doesn't, there's no really way to predict that, right? There, well, there was an unspoken th- rule within the PA: you always vote for the growth factor. You don't screw over the next guy just because you have a five-year contract and your money is already set. Yeah. You help out the guy who's a free agent, and apparently. 
they were getting fed up with the escrow and they didn't want to pay more escrow next year. And I'm assuming they just voted against it. So where, where do you learn those like unspoken unspoken rules? Like the agents, the players, the veterans teach you that. Like you, you just like figure it out. You have meetings. I I was a rep for gosh almost eight years in the league on different teams, and you go to meetings and you talk to guys. And you just – it's kind of one of those things where you pay it forward. It's like, okay, well, they did it last year. I have a three-year deal. Let's just vote for it again. Just help out the next guy. The more money in the system, the better. The better. That's that's the way we look at it. So, like, when we were negotiating one year, the owners were fighting to have injured players' salaries count against the cap. And the players didn't want that because the owners could just bury money and – have a guy who was injured on long-term injured return or a guy who retired like their the money Thomas contract. Yeah. Their money would t- count against the, against the cap and the players, we lost that, but it stinks because a guy like Datsuk retired or Hosa or a ton of other guys, that's money that's out of the system that players don't get. Yeah. And the owners just get to keep, but in the books it says they're paying it, but they're not. So there's a lot of things the owners do to, to make money. And it's just, yeah, you just got to be careful. And players are just so, like, just one – we just want to play. One-track mind, so it's tough. How um, – like, how do you get voted by the team to be the rep? How does that Yeah, work? well – You volunteer? You, it's, it's, it's a double thing where the team pretty much volunteers you because this might sound mean, but every team there's two or three guys who are smart. You know what I mean? Like, you walk into the room and you know, like – he would be good for this job. Yeah. And so, yeah, there were a few guys on every team who you knew, like, he would be good to be a rep. He could negotiate. He can do this. He's good at taking notes and, like, you know, distributing news. Like, yeah. that's great. He can make a spreadsheet. You're good at, like, taking a poop once in a while. That's your job. <laughs> like, Bernsey, Bernsey, go film your poo and then send it to the team. That's what he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas other guys are good at, like, let's just, you know, take care of business. So everybody has their strengths. So mine was a rep where I would go to the meetings in the summer and, you know, make decisions and help out. And, you know, it, it was fun. I liked it. That's cool. I know. I know it was cool. But anyways, they're going to have a lockout in 2020. I hope not. The players have until the 13th to opt out of the current contract, and they will opt out. How does it work? Will they play overseas again? No. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but it will. they will opt out, and what they will go for is uh, lower escrow. Right now, escrow is out of control. It's crazy. Basically, if you have a contract, you're guaranteed to give the league at least 12 to 16% of that contract every year. Why? Because you have to make sure all revenue is 50-50. So if a team loses money, just say you're an owner and you lose $100 million, you get that money back from the players. You at least break even. Mm-hmm. So the players make up for owners who are terrible owners, which is awful. It's so... Because it's so, the owners are the billionaires. But it's so backwards. They have no risk. They have no skin in the game. They don't have any reason to grow their brand or try to succeed or try to grow hockey in their neighborhood or market because they know, oh, the PA will, will foot the bill. I'll lose $50 million and I'll get it back. Don't worry. I'm not going to lose any money. So the owners who sit there and say, oh, I lost money this year, they're full of it. Rocky Wirtz for Chicago said he lost money after he won the cup. I'm like, are you nuts? Like they're, they're they're so good at cooking the books, it's crazy. Yeah. When I was when I was in there, there was one team 
who they separated their concessions and their parking from their total revenue. And we found out like four years later because we audited the team and they were like, hey, like you forgot to include like $27 million. So now you <laughs> owe the players money. So they have to cut a check to the PA and stuff. What? And that happens all the time. That's so shady. All the time. It's crazy. New, uh, Robert Kraft does it for the oh, Patriots. Oh, no. he's, he's a saint. He, he owns the whole – he owns the arena, the team, the parking lot around, everything around, and he only includes the one. He doesn't include the parking or anything. Oh, come on. No, you take his name out of your mouth. John. Owners are terrible. <laughs> awful And that's people. just what you found. Imagine what else. I mean – uh. they, they probably hide so much stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. And then they go, well, or we don't sell any tickets. Well, it's, you don't market – anyways. You know, <laughs> you know what grinds my gears? Owners. <laughs> Slay. Get on my gears. <laughs> so much money. If you, if you want to be a good owner, be passionate about the team. Try to get good players so the fans come. Don't sit there and tank Ottawa. Lame. Zach Smith, so happy to be out of there, told me behind the scenes. So that place was a, just a disaster. Heard it here second. <laughs> Speaking of good players, Ovechkin, do you see his new his new announcement? The OVOs. OVOs, the cereal. We got to get some sponsored no. OVOs sponsoring the podcast. Live taste test on air. Yeah. Do you have any information? I don't know. I can find some. Is it a sugar cereal? I think so. Is, Is it Drake involved? <laughs> Probably. Who's Drake? The rapper. Why would he be involved? His whole brand is OVO. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. He's from Canada. OVO is that his rapper name or uh, that's like his rapper group? It's a DC-based grocery chain that's coming out. It's going to be released on September seventeenth. While supplies last, it's probably just like a one-run type of thing. Uh, fake news. <laughs> it looks like a stop and shop. Uh, but it's not. Is it with Cheerios? It must be. It's probably some. It's spin just off. they put his name on the off-brand Cheerios for a week. Is that what they're doing? We buy off-brand Cheerios. I'm not I, buying that okay. brand stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, off-brand cereal is always better than regular cereal. Yeah, I'll die on that stone. Fruit Loops, we have Fruitios. <laughs> yeah, we don't buy Cheerios. Well, if we go to Costco, we get Cheerios. Anyways, we really we really gone off the rails here. <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? Um, it used to be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, how good is that? One. So oh. good. But now when I eat it's it, I feel sugar. sick. Yeah. It's so like I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> so now I'm on to Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran's good. What? Just keep you regular? It does. I think it's good for like semi-healthy cereal. Honey, uh, honey Bunches of Oats is a great one. That's good. Speaking of regular, I went camping with my kids <laughs> this week. Again? I feel like you're always camping. I know. No wind storm. Oh, wait, no. It did storm this weekend. It did storm. So we went up to Canada. Ooh. And we went to uh, Lake Superior National Park. Heard of it. <laughs> we um, just found a little beach that we had to walk. There was no path to it. So my father-in-law took us. And he's like, I know this great spot. You had to literally pull over on the side of this highway, 17, walk down the ditch, through the woods, and then you open up to this, like, unbelievable beach. Like a rock beach, but still unbelievable. It looks like no one's touched it for years, and we just set up set up camp. It was great. Weekend? Yeah. That's awesome. It was so great. What'd you do all day? We went for hikes. Like there, it, It's a big national park, so we would drive around and go for hikes and, you know, look at waterfalls. We went swimming. We just kind of – the girls made forts, and I made fires and played, you know, Mr. Camping Guy. And <laughs> I know we had two tents. Because it was going to be me sleeping with my daughters, then my father-in-law in his own tent, and I was helping him set up his tent. 
and man strength John oh, no. bust his pole in half <laughs> trying to force it into the hole and it was windy and I'm like oh, you got to sleep with us now <laughs> it was uh, but anyways it worked out okay and speaking of being regular my father-in-law there's no toilets out there <laughs> so I held it for 2 days I'm well, like I'm not going how <laughs> you just uh, you hold it in you got to do it you just hold it in yeah but it's the girls man, can't right? hold it in so they have to you know poo so my father-in-law came up with this idea where he gets a big, um, like, 10-gallon jug. And you know how the paint jugs have that lid? And he cut a hole in the lid. And he okay. just said, go in the in the jug. And then I had to take the jug, walk across the highway, and throw it in the woods. <laughs> and then wash the bucket out in the lake, and then we start again. That was our toilet for the weekend. Okay. That's better than where I thought you was like you ditched the bucket in the woods. Oh no, when no, you're done. I I ditched the the contents of the bucket in the oh, woods. Oh man! Okay. So if you're on 17, beware. <laughs> you smell something. There's a couple logs in the bush waiting for you from the Scott girls. And I tell you, kids these days, it's laying down some serious feces. It's unbelievable. Did they grind your gears? I was no, I was impressed. I was like, girls. These are some serious... Some thumpers. Some business. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what have we been eating? <laughs> Daddy's proud of you. Daddy, you making Daddy proud. Oh, another proud moment. <laughs> we went to our school opening picnic, and they had a uh, barbecue for everybody. So they had hot dogs, turkey hot dogs, and vegan hot dogs. So obviously, all the hot dogs go, the beef ones. <laughs> and so my youngest daughter is a meat lover she loves it so she's perusing the buffet line picks up a hot dog which she thinks is a beef hot dog but it's a vegan hot dog <laughs> takes one bite and is so disgusted <laughs> spits it out throws the hot dog down and proceeds to go yeah 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 for like a long time i was like that is my girl and my other daughter my oldest ava there was a table for gluten-free stuff <laughs> and they had peaches on there. And my wife's like, would you like a peach, Ava? And she's like, no, nah, it's gluten-free. No, thanks. <laughs> and my wife had to explain to her, peaches don't have gluten. That's why they're on the table. But her first instinct was nah. gluten-free, not in my no. body. No, thanks. And I was like, I'm doing something right in Hard this world. Pass. I, I, I feel like that's a parent, not a fail, but a success. Because kids are so soft these days, <laughs> snowflakes. They need a little gluten in on Well, like, <laughs> I don't want gluten. My kids, it's like, my kids, no. <laughs> they don't do vegan. They love gluten. It's great. <laughs> I, I stink and love it. Stuff like that really geeks me out. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, lo- I just thought it was so fun. That's awesome. And I'm like, this is, I'm doing something right. You know? You That's guys don't get funny. it. You don't, no, you don't it's get funny. it. Yeah, I, I don't have it. kids, I but I don't get I mean. it. And there's so many wieners out there who, ugh, gluten. Like, the fact that they had vegan and turkey hot dogs at the school picnic. Yeah, what's even in them? Already, like, turned my stomach a little bit. I don't know. Well, a turkey dog, obviously, a turkey. But well, a no, turkey dog, dogs I kind of like. They're okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not but over yeah. a beef dog. No, a no, no, dog, no. I would a never A vegan dog must have, it, like, but... tofu or some some lettuce. Yuck. I don't know. No, thanks, Tim. You probably would like that. No, no. I was just at his house Our last best. night. It's all he has in his fridge. Vegan. Just vegan hot dogs. Vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free. I just, ice cubes. I just eat, I, eat ice cubes. I don't want to get on this topic again of how much I hate 
people, but <laughs> PC culture. Oh my gosh, Antonio Brown. I was gonna say, what about football? Just Starts had my tonight. fantasy draft last night. How'd you yeah. do? I did really good. So we did a random draw for pick. We had twelve teams. I get the twelfth pick. I organized the whole thing, made a draft board. I was I was hoping for the seventh or sixth pick. Got the twelfth. Why? Why? Why would you prefer? You still get a premium elite player if you're in the one to six okay. range, but I got twelve, and luckily the league that I'm in, they are not as enthusiastic about fantasy football as I am, so they don't know anything. <laughs> So the first pick, obviously, Barkley. Second pick, Christian McCaffrey. Third pick, you would think, would be Ezekiel Elliott or Elvin Kamara, was Melvin Gordon, who is in a contract holdout and will not play for the whole year. That is what the experts are saying. So that was great. So if he was healthy, would it be a good pick? If he was healthy, he would be a solid eight or nine pick. So even even if he was healthy, he's not a third pick. No, no. And that just set the tone for the whole draft. People were draft like it was unbelievable. Is it going to be a rough season, or enough people know what they're doing? No, there's four or five people who know what they're doing. That's but good. we we put money in, so I hey, I'm more than happy. People don't know what they're doing. I'll take your money. Works yeah. for me. There was this one lady. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't know. Like, don't. Very nice, Crystal Brick. She's the lady who got stung by the bee and was complaining about it, and like was really going on and on about the bee sting. Anyways. She so someone drafted Leonard Leonard Fournette, and he wrote the name in, and so she's she's marking off her sheet. And she's like, "Who's this Lemony Fournay?" And everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, Lemony Fournay. What's his deal? And we're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like really, Leonard Lemony Fournay? And she's like, "What? I don't know." So that just said that it, that's the type like of a draft Harry it was, Potter character, right? <laughs> Anyways, I got a good team. I think I have a chance. Who's on your team? Um, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell were my first two picks. Okay, he's only projected sixteen points this week. What Who? do you think of that, Bell? I I agree with it. Depends on your setting. They're going to ease ease him into it. Yeah, yeah, we might be in a different league. No, yeah. I, I think he won't do gangbusters. But for a thirteen, I mean, six. Pick. If he gets sixteen, I'm happy with that. Would you? You're such a pro. Would you give me fantasy advice? Yes. All right. Matt Ryan or Jared Goff? Who do they play? Uh, we got Jared. Uh, he's L.A. Rams versus Carolina. Okay. And then we got Who Matt. does Atlanta play? Yeah, Minnesota. Ooh, I would go. Minnesota's got a good defense. Yeah, Goff. I would go Goff. They put up. They put up numbers. All right. This might be a regular segment where you guys just <laughs> set my lineup for you. You got to go Goff. <laughs> you have to. Minnesota I, has one of the best defenses in the league, right? Yeah. Last one. What about do you think Edelman will start playing? This might go to Tim. Isn't he projected hurt? It's less what I heard. Yeah, I don't know. Julian Edelman? Yeah. I think he's suspended. Suspended? Didn't oh, he I get like PDs or something? Was that yeah. last year? Yeah. I don't know the Time Patriots flies that when much. You get old, huh? yeah. I don't know the Pats that much. He'll play. He'll do good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Anyway, then, should we talk about something in. interesting? Well, speaking <laughs> of football, we got a good tweet the other day um, that when we were talking last week, what would be the NHL comparison to Andrew Luck? Thinking mm-hmm. about like a young stud, first-round pick, first overall pick, I think, right? Luck was. Yep. Um, who's had t- t- tough injuries. Good comparison. Someone tweeted it out to Taylor Hall. 
Oh. Right? Yes. Maybe be, maybe be great. That would be the, the hockey equivalent. That would be the hockey equivalent. But I – yes. I – yeah, I Probably guess Probably not it would as be. injured as, as Luck, but, yeah, but hard to find someone who is. I can't see Hall retiring. That's why it makes the Luck no. thing so crazy. Right, right. Like so unbelievably just out of left field. And football guys get hurt a lot different than hockey guys get hurt. Like when you get – unless you get a head injury – which we were talking about before, that's a completely different ball game. Football injuries are like lifelong. Like if you bust your knees up or hips up in football, like you can't walk. Hockey, they don't seem to be as serious. Hmm. I don't know why. But like I see guys who have played hockey and they're older, like Larry Robinson's coming into town, and he moves around great. He's had a ton of surgeries. So I just feel like football guys are hard on their body. Hockey is a graceful sport. You're gliding. It's like almost poetry. Like, it's just beautiful to watch. Football, it's just a bunch of animals clodding around, <laughs> banging each other all the time. It's just a barbaric sport. It really is. Hockey's beautiful. It's like a painting. It's like it's like a Monet, the water lilies. You're going to make me tear up, John. Football <laughs> is like Metallica. Like, okay. you know, bashing each other. My man's ready for the XFL to come back. It is back. Vince McMahon, I like it. <laughs> he hate me. Remember that, Tim? Or were you too young? Too young. You don't remember he hate me? Is that a, what is that? <sighs> he hate you? No, the football player from XFL. He hate oh. me. <laughs> That's could, his name? No, they could put their own names on their Like, they used to make up their own names. And so <laughs> like he, characters? All right, this could actually be cool. <laughs> I'm ready and for he it put, to come he back. He hate me on the back of his jersey. instead of his, about? He He... The haters hates him. The, the haters man. hate him. The man he hate me <laughs> hates him. We're back. I had to cut it off because I felt like this podcast was dragging a little. I didn't. So I was. I just needed to stop, and I literally just told. I said, "Should we start again? Is this is this a good pod? Because I'm all about quality." And Tim Tim assured me it was a good one. I think it's a good one. So let's proceed. I just it just felt like we were just so scattered. And there wasn't really main th- a main theme. And we were just jumping all over the place. So, anyways, proceed. Tim. I got a couple. Tim quick, has some Quick hits knowledge. in hockey here. Well, yes. the big news that came out in the last couple of days, um, Pierre Maguire is out of the NBC broadcast. They're going to have Brian Boucher between the benches now. Which is shocking. If I were to eliminate someone from that broadcast, it would not be Pierre Maguire. I know who it would be. Yeah, Milbury, 100%. <laughs> yeah. He would be gone in a heartbeat. Is that because he's not good at his job or because you got beef with him? Both. Can I pick both? Yeah. He is not good at what he does. And I don't like to spread negative vibes out there because I'm sure people think I'm terrible too. But there is an overwhelming swell of support that people want him out of that job. And I get that he gets like the, the people riled up because he says outrageous things, but... He's just not good. Like, I just think his time has passed. What about Boucher? Do you think he'll be good? I think he'll be great. He's, he's been good so far. Yeah, I like him. I think he's smart. And he's, you know, really intelligent. He, he can string a sentence together. Pierre has just so many random, st- like, stories and stats. And he's just been around hockey for so long. It's hard to replace that. And as much as people hate on him, 
he is really kind of entertaining. Yeah, he's easy to kind of be the whipping boy, but like he's he knows his stuff. He's got stories. Oh, he's like um, oh these two guys were roommates one summer and juniors, and like he just know like it's crazy. He knows so much, and that's I enjoy that. But you know, I guess you have to make a change. The ratings must not be doing too well. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, another thing too that came up. So there's an Instagram account which is. That I mean, there's tons of Instagram accounts for hockey and whatever goals, highlights, they have hits, whatever. You're on there all the time. Yeah. What's up? There's one that's dedicated to empty net goals. <laughs> it like talks about the best empty net goals, and yours came up there. I think today of the that backhand one. That's a good empty net goal. It's so funny because it's like, oh, this is one of the best ones we've ever posted. Like whatever, 150 feet, no look backhand. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like kind of ironic, like kind of tongue in cheek, but it's also pretty, it's a pretty funny account. It's like ranking, like as if, if you, as if you're talking about like Ovechkin's best nights, but it's just empty net goals. Like it gave me a good chuckle. What, were there any other good empty net goals? That, well, obviously the goalies. Yeah, I didn't they watch them They stand out, but that was, I am proud of that empty net goal. Did Was that intentional? Did you just. Oh no, it, it was intentional because we were, we were playing Colorado and we had scored at least one empty net goal before that. That's back when Patrick Waugh would just pull the goalie for like six minutes to go if they were down by two. So they were down by two. He pulled his goalie with yeah six, five or six minutes to go. We scored. So we, they were down by three, and he kept the goalie pulled. And I remember my coach yelling at me to change because the goalie came out of the net when I was on the ice. And I completely ignored my coach, skated right by the bench. He's like, change it, Who change the coach? it. Um, Todd McClellan. Okay. And so I just ignored him. I'm like, no way, man. Like, this is my chance. And so <laughs> I wasn't even – that wasn't even where I was supposed to be on those boards. I was a left winger, so I was supposed to be on the other side yeah, of the ice. Yeah, the right side. So the puck went over there, and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm getting this, and I'm shooting it. I don't care where I am. And I just grabbed it somehow out of a scrum or a bounce off the boards, and I just went for it backhand. And when you try to do a backhand, like if you before practice, I'm gonna, you know, I'll hit the ceiling with my backhand or flip the puck. I'll hit, I'll flip it over the net. You never, ever, ever flip the puck. It always is just like a dribbler that goes like two feet high, and you look like you don't know what you're doing. For some reason, I I don't know if the puck rolled or if I caught it at the perfect angle. It was the perfect backhand. Like, it could not have been a better backhand. Dead center in the net, too. Dead center. It must have went 30 feet in the air, like cleared the whole neutral zone. I don't know where it landed, but ugh, one, of my, one of my proudest moments. How mad would that coach have been if you had iced it and they got a face off in your zone and all of a sudden they can't change you up? That's a risk I was willing to take because <laughs> we were up by two. Or three. I can't remember. We were probably up by three. I wouldn't have been out there if we were only up by two. And I just, I, I went, I, and I was so happy. The boys on the bench, were, they were loving it. It was just, a, it was a good feel-good story. What number career goal was that? Number five. That was my last one. That was one. your last one. Yeah, because I went to Arizona the next year, and the whole debacle happened, and I never really got a chance to play. Cool. That was the last one. Some would say the best. Yeah, that's so funny. That was my third goal of the year. That was my most productive year. You three three goals. goals in one year? Yes. It was lighting a lamp. Good. Top shelf on Holpe. Oh, yeah. Everyone Re knows that one. Rebound in Calgary. Tried to start a fight right Hiller, afterwards. Right? Hiller, Yeah, and then that empty net goal. Yeah, there's a scramble right after that you scored that one. Yeah. Both, were those both high gloves? Um, No, the 
The rebound one was, I think, right on the ice. Okay. Empty net, kind of. But the the Holpy one is like, that's that's prime time. That's showtime. You can't. There's not a lot of guys who can do that. <laughs> At least you can cut them on one hand. and you're One hand. Them. One hand with two fingers tucked under. Who's the other? Um, Ovechkin. And maybe in his prime, um, a young Brett Hall. Maybe. And John Scott. And me. The three. Coming through the zone with speed on one foot, ripping a snapper under the bar over the shoulder of a perennial all-star tickles the twine. Unbelievable. Do you, do you find that sometimes people would give you a little extra space because they underestimated you? Um, I like to think they gave me a little extra room because they were scared of me and they didn't want to go near me or they just <laughs> assumed I was going to turn the puck over. But, yeah, I, I got a little extra room in the corners and stuff. And it took me some time to realize that because I used to panic with the puck, just like – like just give it away or recycle it or try to go up to my defense and their forward sitting there. So, yeah, yeah. Once that's the thing, once the game slows down, it becomes a lot easier. And And when does it slow down for me? It still hasn't really slowed down, (laughs) but no, like I would say two or three years in, you really start to kind of get comfortable. Who do you think the game is from your, from who you played with is the slowest for that? Just his mind is just ahead of everything. Kaner. Yeah. And Jumbo. I was thinking Jumbo. Those two guys are just light years ahead. Yeah. Especially Jumbo because he doesn't have the speed, but he still is able. He uses his body so good. And Kaner just, for some reason, always, he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest or the strongest, but he just gets to that spot. And he's just a magician with the puck. It's crazy. Um, I had another question, too. This is from that, that Q&A we did like two or three episodes ago. Um, oh. A question that I wrote down, but I forgot to ask. Oh, so I, I had a couple questions I forgot to ask, too. No, we can <laughs> skip those ones. But, yeah. Uh, was there a trade, or which trade impacted you the most as far as seeing a buddy leaving that let, that was pretty upsetting or bothered you? Interesting. I, I would say when I was in Buffalo, that was the most impactful because we knew the team was about to get blown up, but we just didn't know how drastic and they cleaned house with everybody. And they got rid of Vanek, Erhoff, Miller, Ott. Pominville. Pominville, and a few other guys. They really just gutted that team. And it was just, you thought maybe one or two moves, but they got rid of everyone. We were left with a team. who We didn't even have like a 15-goal score on our team. It was just, it was a weird feeling because you, like, the team's basically just saying, "Well, figure it out. And see ya." What like, was like? Was it like depressing dealing with the the remainder? We made the best of it just because we knew we were garbage, and so we would we would kind of have fun. Like <laughs> we would like if we were playing a good team, we're like let's let's you know try to make it competitive. Yeah, you know, like we knew we were outmatched, and sometimes that's what made the win sweeter because it's like okay, we go into L.A. or we go into Boston and we pull out a big win. And that those were the wins that were sweet because we didn't have many wins. So it was like, oh, nice. Like this is a, it feels good. Was Miller still a guy at the time? He got traded. He was traded too. Yeah, he was the first one I said. Tim, thanks for paying attention. Who was the who was left after that? Enroth. That was a weird year where we traded Miller, then we got Halak, then we traded Halak, then we got another goalie. We tra- like we traded four goalies within a matter of a week. <laughs> so it was so weird. I, I and I sat next to the goalie, so I sat next to Miller, Halak, an AHL goalie. And I think we finally ended up with Neuverth, 
And so, yeah, we had like just a revolving door of Did goals. Did was Laner part of that? Too, no, or? no, no. He was much later, much, much later. But yeah, it was fun. That's why I played the most because we had like a, such a bad team. I was the third line, third line left wing. Nice. <laughs> Not too bad. Is that the first, the only time you were on third line? Well, like for a consistently consistent amount of time, yeah. But there, I, I played first line minutes sometimes, some games. The coach was trying to send a message to the first liners. It was great. That's great. Yeah, it was fun. All right, last thing for today. I have it's a little trivia game. Oh, just, I love trivia. Um, so this is a breakdown. I saw a tweet. I screenshotted it. Most assists by any player for different decades. Oh. So um, it goes back to the 20s and 30s. I'm guessing. Oh, gosh. That. I would have no idea. But, so I'll just start with the 20s, Frank Boucher. Never heard of Never him. Never heard of him. 30s, Marty Barry. Never heard of him. No. 40s, Elmer Lotch. No. Lock. Never heard of him. 50s and on, I think they're all names we can do. So okay. I have them in front of me. I'm going to start. 50s, who do you think? It's going to be so hard to think. Um, it would, someone from the Canadians? Think of like, no, think of like the first names that come to mind. Well, like 50s, I don't know. Most assists in the 1950s. G- Gordy Howe? Yes. Boom! Nailed it. 60s. 60s. And there's no repeats either. Um, 60s. Oh, my goodness. This is embarrassing. Um, Guy Lafleur? No. Who is it? Stan Makita. Oh. I love the sound effects. <laughs> uh, 70s? 70s would be... Okay, so Wayne was the 80s. There's no repeats either. Nope. Interesting. 70s would be... Who was the goal scorer who passed in the puck? I don't know. All Flyers. All Flyers? Not mm-hmm. Bobby Clark. Yep. Really? Yep. Interesting. 80s? 80s is the Flyers too? No, no. It's Wayne. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 90s? I want to go off the board and say someone like Adam Oates. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Whoa. Nice. You're doing great. Uh, 2000. So 2000 2000 to 2010. To 2010. I would have to say, oh, my goodness. This is a tough one. My generation. Kaner? No. It's like, I thought this one would, would be obvious. Why would it be obvious? Is he still playing? Yep. Jumbo. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yep. Boom. And I'm doing pretty one. good. Yeah. And then the last decade. Kaner. No. Nope. Really? This one surprised me. I don't know if you get it. Is it from Washington? No. What conference? Eastern. North or south? North. Middle. Middle? Um, Like a Carolina team? Not. No. Bruins? Nope. Savard would have been there. Savard would have been in Boston? He would have been at the top of this list. He was a playmaking machine. Uh, you and your, you're like that Jack Edwards from the Bruins. That's my guy right there. Listen to his commentary of my fight versus Thornton. It's the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. I agree with every word he said. It's so embarrassing that he just accept the beatdown and move on. You know what I mean? Thornton did. It was the the announcer can't accept that I'm destroying the Bruins tough guy. Ooh. For a tough guy, he cracks the ice pretty good. Like, he could really throw a punch. I'm like, yeah, okay, because Thornton's really lighting the lamp every year. Like, give me a break. <laughs> okay. The assist leader from the 2010 to 2018 season is Kucherov. Nope. Just tell me the answer. Giroux. Oh, you said it was a Flyers. Okay, Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux. Did not expect that. 
That's some good trivia, Tim. You're welcome. I have some trivia as well. <laughs> and they oh really God. cut the show. <laughs> 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 we'll save that for another episode. Anything else? No, that's it. Any uh, Anything, Larry? You going to be here next week, Larry? <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Anyways, I hope this was a good podcast. I'll try better next week. I thought it was a great show. I was going to say it's one of our best in like all summer. Wow. The bar is set low for Tim. <laughs> we will we'll do better. All right, everybody. I hope we had a good Labor Day. And I hope your summer was relaxing, enjoyable, spent a lot of time outside. And I hope you have a good good fall. It's my favorite time of year. So I love you guys. Aw. Me? <laughs> I love you, Tim. Oh, my God. I'm crying. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>